0: Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at NowChurch.com, including live or on demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you and enjoy today's service. All right, good morning once again, everybody. Good morning to those of you online. Before we do anything else, we just have to give it up. We have a wonderful pastoral team. And I think sometimes we kind of take them for granted. And I'm telling you, this church is the better for Pastor Chris, Pastor Lindsay, Pastor Tristan, Kristen, Pastor Gail. And I appreciate these guys. Last week Pastor Lindsay was minding his own business, thinking he had a great. He just gonna lead praise and worship like normal. And I called him about one thirty on saturday and said my voice still isn't back yet i'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse and he stepped in and uh put his own touch on uh what was already prepared i th- he did a better job than i would have done anyway would you get it for pastor lindsey pastor chris a couple of weeks ago what a great team i i had a, a pastor contact me the other day and say uh Listen, uh, if you ever need somebody for a Wednesday night, I've got some friends in the area that can preach. I said, you don't know how deep our bench is. (laughs) I said, our team is ready to, they earn the right and chomping at the bit to teach and preach, and we're just blessed, just so blessed, amen? What a great team of people. Anyway, we're going to continue the thought (laughs) that uh, we've been working on for three weeks, and I finally get to help bring it to you. Our, Our thought this month is called Gravity, don't let it pull you down. Today's message is called Apples and Oranges, and we'll explain that in a moment. We're we'll beginning with 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, first from the Amplified. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says this. Paul writes, Not that we have, have the audacity to venture to class or even to compare ourselves with some who exalt and furnish testimonials for themselves. Facebook. However... When they measure themselves with themselves and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding and behave unwisely. 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 17 from the message says this. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. The New King James said this way We regard from now on, we regard no man according to the flesh. We don't look at the flesh, we don't look at the outside. We elevate spiritual discernment, we know people by the Spirit not by the flesh. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart. Thank you that your word penetrates all of the stuff going on in our lives. We thank you that your word ministers and moves in life to change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, we're going to be talking about apples and oranges. You know, you can't talk about gravity without talking about apples because that's how Newton discovered the law of gravity is he saw an apple fall to the ground from a tree and it went straight down. And he decided to experiment and see if things could fall sideways, if they could fall in a pattern. But they fell straight down every time. And he began to use mathematical calculus. He's the father of calculus. Calculus. He began to use and, and fig Newtons by the way, but anyway, no. Uh, he began to use calculus to determine that if that same thing was possible, then space travel was possible. 1673 or 1676 or something. He's talking about space travel is possible because gravity exists. Isn't that amazing. And so we're talking about apples today, but we're talking about more than that. Apples and oranges. The gravitational pull of unfair comparison. That's what we're talking about today. Perhaps more than ever, false comparisons have become dangerous and destructive. You know, you hear people say all the time, oh, well, you're talking about apples and oranges. You can't compare those two things. They're, they may both be round. They might both be fruit, but they're completely different objects, completely different tastes. Different as night and day. The Aussies have an expression. It took me a while to figure it out. But when I started traveling to Australia 30 years ago and New Zealand, but they say, uh, it's like chalk and cheese. Chalk and cheese. I thought they said chocolate cheese. (laughs) But some of you, if you watch any British programs, they'll say that that's kind of a common expression in the British Commonwealth countries. Like chalk and cheese means you can't compare them. They're not the same. They're not in the same category. Yet we try to put comparisons on things and on people all the time. Several modern cultures even try to punish success, including Australia, New Zealand, and other parts of Europe, and are entrenched in something called tall poppy syndrome. Tall poppy syndrome. If you want to put that picture up there. Tall poppy syndrome, it describes a social phenomenon in which people of genuine merit are resented, attacked, cut down or criticized because their talents are achievements that elevate them above or distinguish them from their peers. Basically, it penalizes high-capacity people in certain cultures and societies. I've seen this over and over with Brian Houston, the founder of Hillsong, uh, as the church exploded throughout Australia, New Zealand, and now all over the world, And the Australians themselves just attacked him, attacked him, attacked him because he was successful. Because in their culture, the tall poppy needs to be chopped down because he's he's making the rest of us look bad. The tall poppy needs to be cut. And so we have that. um, Our friend Ulf Christensen from Sweden said there's a spiritual principality in Sweden that he has a name for it. I did not know how to say it. But it's the same kind of thing. If you stand out above the crowd, you're evil. You're wrong, because in that you are making the rest of us look bad, and so it's a real challenge there. And so, it, it, one of the things that a lot of our friends love about America is, until the last couple years, we haven't had that thing. But it's trying to come in America now. Tall poppy syndrome. Kill it. It's a spirit. It's a lie from the pit of hell, and it becomes part of the national psyche, a collective mindset, a group think. In the real world, my friends, not everybody gets the participation trophy. In the real world, not, not everybody is a high achiever, but we need to celebrate those who achieve because they help keep pressing us and moving us forward. Say Amen. Now, obviously, there are many benefits to modern communications like social media. And I'm not here to talk down about social media uh, per se, but I want to just bring some clarification on some things. The Nursing Times online says there's an increased link between screen time and younger people between the ages of 19 and 32 and symptoms of depression and anxiety. One UK study found that social media is actually more addictive than cigarettes or alcohol. It lights up the neurotransmitters of the brain, gives you a a, a dopamine release. In fact, evidence now shows how important these having an understanding of balance is. Former Facebook president Sean Parker described the platform as, quote, a social validation feedback loop. Let me say that again. A social validation feedback loop and admitted that when they developed the like button, it had been deliberately introduced to give a little dopamine hit and encourage continued use. You get addicted to likes, addicted to ha-has, and you start measuring your own value and self-worth by other people's response In the past generations, we have a handful, you know, 10 or 12, a group of friends, and that's where you get your validation. Now, your likes can be almost infinite. Evidence now shows that taking a break from Facebook improves two aspects of well-being. Life satisfaction... And frequency of positive emotions. This is scientific data. Okay, this is not just my opinion. Taking a break occasionally from Facebook improves two aspects of well-being. Life satisfaction. How many believe that might be a little bit important? And frequency of positive emotions. A few reasons why it's become dangerous is because it's begun to negatively affect body image. Cause sleep problems, cyberbullying. But the number one, according to this nursing online resource, the number one problem of social media is social comparisons, a phenomenon where people actually form their sense of self or self esteem through comparisons with others. May I remind you, when you read anybody's media posts, you're reading their greatest hits, okay? They're snapshots of the best moments in people's lives. Imagine you go to a concert, and they say, we're not going to play any of our hits today. We're going to just play a few new songs. Watch the air go out of the room. When they come back and play an unknown song as their, you know, final curtain call, no, 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 you want, you want the greatest hits, right? When you go hear that group, you want to hear the greatest hits. Well, it's the same when we look online, we look at people's greatest hits. They're, they're posting, except for the negative, you know, the Debbie Downers that are out there, and there's a bunch of them. Wah, wah. But in terms of, the, when you're seeing people, you're seeing vacations, celebrations, special moments, new cars, etc. You you it it can make you look at your life in a negative way. When I was in Poland a few weeks ago, the one of the young ladies assisting us was a 25 year old church assistant. And she told me at twenty five, I'm old, she said. I'm old. I think the question I asked was, How are you today? And I'm thinking, if you're old, then the rest of us are prehistoric from the Jurassic Age. What used to be comparisons within that small group of friends has become a limitless number of cyber relationships that are not real relationships. hint. Hint. The enemy of your soul would love to set you up for destruction from within. Jesus said the thief has come for three things. Steal, kill, destroy. What better way than to get you to conspire against yourself? The Bible says where two shall agree on earth, it shall be done. Let me ask you a question. Are you agreeing with the word of God and what the word says about you, or are you agreeing with the lies of the enemy? And it's not just limited to social media. I'm not just down in social media. I'm saying, look, if, you, if you're in a keep up with the Joneses kind of a neighborhood and they just got a boat next door, and now you're feeling like, you, well, I need a boat. They got a new car? I got to get a new car. That stuff has been around for eons. It's not new. But what we have to understand is that we are complete in Christ. And what happens is unfair, unfair comparisons try to form subtle traps in your mind. It's the road to living for human approval instead of the real purpose of life, which is glorifying God. The Bible said this way the fear of man brings a snare. Brings a trap. The fear of man is a trap. Why? Because if you get in that in that vortex of just looking for human approval constantly, you'll be chasing it for the rest of your life. And we watch our kids as they slip into this stuff because we hand them devices. And I'm not against devices. I'm just saying we gotta pay attention. We gotta pay attention. You can't just we can't just mindlessly Allow this stuff to take over and say, well, it's harmless. Well, maybe harmless for you. Maybe you, maybe you still have a flip phone. That's great. That's fine. We're not down on you. I'm just saying we've got to be very mindful of what's going on because the main purpose of human life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Glorify means to shine your spotlight on him. To show his goodness, grace, mercy, and the power of his mighty name. As Pastor Lindsay said last week so eloquently, because I wrote it. No, no, just kidding. No, no. no. When you lift Jesus, he'll lift you. It's a joke. Relax. But I told you, Pastor Lindsay said a lot of the great things that I, listen, I, would, I couldn't have been up here and, and, and sung, uh, Let Your Glory Fill This Place. In fact, I couldn't have sung anything last week. But I was so blessed because of what he did last week in singing that. Listen, take your gift, take your talent, take your ability. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. So we're pointed to him. And the problem is when the light gets stuck on us, it, gets, it just quirks everything else. Remember the story in 1 Samuel 16 where David's brothers are invited to the party because Samuel said, I'm going to come and one of your sons is going to become king. David wasn't even invited to the party. And one by one, they keep standing these tall, good-looking brothers up, warriors, and Samuel kept saying, this must be the one. Eh, nope. What about this one? Nope. Would you believe this one? No. And what was the statement? For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Unfair comparisons produce restless dissatisfaction. Pastor Chris talked about a couple weeks ago, the grass is greener syndrome. Remember that? People get itchy feet thinking that a geographical change will be their answer because they're uncomfortable in a moment or they're stuck in a moment of life and they don't know how to get out of it and they're, and they're looking. And so they start blaming, well, it's because I'm here. It's because I live here. It's because of... I've had people tell me, well, it's because of Ocala. Ocala's too small and this and that and the sidewalks close up at 9 o'clock and blah, blah, blah and that's why I'm limited. No, if you're limited, you're limited right there. This is where you're limited because when God sent us here 31 years ago, the Lord spoke to me, to my heart, that this church was gonna go to nations and this community would affect nations and we just believed it and it's happening. You can sit here and you can, you can sit and stew and think and overthink and just consider. And say, well, this is, this is just this, it's just that. My friend, you wouldn't be any better off in a city of 10 million people. Because in that place, you'd feel like a dot. You'd feel like a speck. Oh, it's too big. What am I going to do? See, promise when we make those apples and oranges comparisons, we get lost. If there's something limiting you right now, it's not geography. It's not your job. It's not your spouse. It's not your kids. It's not your house. Change for the sake of change usually results in more of the same. You've heard me say it many times if you've been here for a while because wherever you run, there you are. You can't hide from God or yourself. Whereas one compulsive runner put it, if only I'd realized I was already in the right place before I moved. In our text it says, those who compare themselves with themselves are not wise and we regard no man after the flesh. My friends, the real answer is in something you may or may not want to know, you may or may not want to hear, but it's still the word of God, it's still true. And that is this, plant your life in the house of the Lord. Plant your life in the kingdom. Plant your life in the local church. Anything transplanted too often leads to weakness and a poor root system and eventually death. Psalm 92 verse 12 from the Amplified says this, the uncompromisingly righteous, I love that, shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic and stable, durable and incorruptible. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap, of spiritual vitality, and rich in the verdure of trust, love, and contentment. Leave that up for a moment that those words penetrate your heart in a world that is mobile, in a world that is up one day and down the next, in the world that is constantly getting lost in looking at other people to find affirmation or looking at other people to find validation, looking at other people to determine value of self, and it's a trap from the pit of hell. Get planted in church. What does that mean? Put down roots. Plug in. Get involved in using your God-given gifts to serve others. Find your lane and stay in your lane. Get planted. This morning our guest from Now Crew in our huddle was my 80-year-old mother-in-law who's been writing poetry since she was a teenager. And one of her poems has now somebody locally in a local business heard one of her poems on blessings and asked if she could put it and print it and, and give it out to people. And now we're getting feedback in the family that people from Other nations have been encouraging other people by sending this poem of blessings. She's 80 and she's still going up. She's still moving forward. She's still finding new outlet and release for her purpose. She's still moving forward in life. The Bible says when you plant your life in the house of God, there is no old age. I know some of you are thinking, I thought 50 was old. I used to, too. When I asked Josh Badu earlier, how, I said, how old is your dad, who the one who broke his ankle, Errol? I said, how old is Errol? He said, he's 52. I said, oh, he's a young fella. And Josh kind of blankly stared at me. <laughs> it's all about perspective, isn't it? When I was trying to come up with the name of this message, and I, I, I was talking about thinking about apples and Newton's law of gravity and all that stuff, I, I almost called it pork chops and applesauce. But I thought only five people would actually know my reference. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Pork chops and applesauce? Yeah, more than five. Okay, great. Brady Bunch. Wasn't that long ago? First Timothy 6.6 says this, Now, godliness with contentment, there's that word again, is great gain. You know how you you cultivate contentment? By cultivating thankfulness. By training your heart to be grateful. As you know, last week I, I still came in by video, even though I didn't have much of a voice because I wanted to announce about the legacy building and that we're moving forward with it. I'm so thankful for what God is doing. I'm so thankful. It's awesome. It's coming. We're going to see it. 2022 legacy building coming up out of the ground. We're going to have a whole new experience together when we have our cafe over there. Whole new experience with our classrooms for our kids. It's going to be awesome. Any coffee drinkers in the house? There you go. More, th- more people than no pork chops and <laughs> Hot chocolate fans, how about that? I'm just telling you, a few weeks ago, when the bank that we were working with for six months in early September gave us their, okay, here's what we can do for you, it was like a gut punch to me. But honestly, my wife will tell you, I lifted my hands and I said, Lord, you got something better than this. I don't know what it is, but I praise you. I praise you. I've I've gone, I've seen this enough to know that this isn't the end. This is just, this is, this is, this is a, it's a bad moment, but you got something and I trust you. I praise you because I trust you. That's thankfulness, that you train yourself. There have been times where I've praised God in the midst of pain, and it was a, I praise you, it was gritted teeth, it was heavy heart. This moment, a few weeks ago, it wasn't that way for me. I, I can't even explain it. I, I was upset in, my, in the natural, but I lifted my hands and I praised God because I knew I could trust him. And now here we are in a much better situation and we didn't reject the bank locally. I mean, they, I mean, they didn't reject us. We rejected them. And that, that's, a, that's actually a good thing, isn't it? That God can give you a choice and you go, well, that's not a good deal. Sorry. My God can do better than that. See, let's quit scraping around like we're beggars. Trying to live hand to mouth and just try to eke out an existence. Our God is God. He's the king of glory we sang about a little while ago. Who is this king of glory? The Lord's strong and mighty. Jesus is his name. Get planted in his house. My friends, gratitude is a learned response, not a natural one. How do we know? Because Philippians 4.11 from the Passion Translation says this. Paul says, I'm not telling you this because I'm in need. I have learned. Everybody say Learned. I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. I know what it means to lack. I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I am trained. I have learned and I am trained. I have learned and I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. How many want to know the secret of overcoming all things? Whether in fullness or in hunger, in pandemic or health, isolated and alone, or surrounded by people. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. That's big language right there. He didn't say... And I've learned that most things kind of get you through because of the anointing that may give me a little better feeling. That's mamby-pamby. This isn't mamby-pamby. This is, this is, this is strong. This is... Declarative. This is this is taking authority over life. He said, "I'm not telling this because I'm in need. I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance because I know what it means to lack. I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power—that's the anointing. We can go with anointing infuses me to conquer." Every difficulty. Finally this. Speaking of apples. You don't have to compare yourself with anybody. In fact, I would say it's unfair to compare. Because the fact is, you are beyond compare because you're the apple of God's eye. The apple of God's eye. Five separate times in scripture the Bible refers to God's people as the pupil, the apple, the center of what God's looking at. As a grandfather I can tell you I got five apples of my eye. And though I love all of them the same, The youngest is always right there, the apple of my eye, the newest, and the oldest, and then the most energetic, and then the wildest, and then the one that says everything without filter. I can't pick my apple, they're all my favorite. Whoever's around me, especially, I didn't get hugs for like two, three weeks. I just got hugs last night for the first time in like two, three weeks. And I was saying, you better hug Papa long. I need I need I, I need some sugar. Psalm 17 8 says this keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. My friend. Quit building a case against yourself or giving the devil a stick to beat you with. You are incomparable, uncomparable. You're beyond compare because you're his favorite. Every time you're just in his presence, you're his favorite child. What's our takeaway? If you focus on pleasing the Lord, everything else will fall into place. Let's pray together. Father God, we bless you, we worship you. Lord, there's so much dissatisfaction all around us. So much looking for something more, something new, something to fill the hole, something to stuff into the gap that we feel inside of ourselves. Every time we look around and are tempted to compare ourselves with other people. You know what's going on in their lives. You know what's what's going on beyond their pictures, beyond their Instagram. You know what's real. And Father God, we love you. Thank you that in your presence we find the fullness of joy. Cuz we find that we're your favorite. Keep us as the apple of your eye. Watch over us, not as our heavenly grandfather, but as our heavenly father and fight for us as your people. In the name of Jesus, I come against depression and despair and dissatisfaction and discontentment with life. Lord, we all go through things. We've all been through challenges. But Father God, you are enough. And more than enough, like we sang about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. El Shaddai, you're too much. You're too much. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and show your glory in this place? Would you bring healing? Would you reveal freedom? Healing? Healing? In the name of Jesus. Now I come against false accusations. I come against bullying and cyberbullying against our young people. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every emotion that tries to pull us down. Lord, help us to defy gravity by your miracle power. Jesus, as you enabled Peter to walk on water and defy gravity, would you help us to walk on the water of your word this week, to walk on the water of your truth, to be filled with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, just keep your head, head bowed, your eyes closed for another while Maybe those of you at home praying with me right now, maybe you're going through something. I hope this word was to you in this moment but I have to believe that somebody in this place somebody connecting right now has gotten caught up and even though you haven't told anybody you walk into a room and you automatically feel like less than what a waste of time You already fit because you're his. You already loved because Jesus went to the cross for you and for me. Lived the perfect sinless life and gave himself over to die in our place. If you're going through something right now, Sometimes people go, get near the holidays and they go through like a funk, a Christmas funk, a a holiday moment where you're pining away for the past, remembering those Christmases when you were the kid and all those people that were around aren't around anymore, many of them. It could be sad if you get caught up in sentimentality Sentimentality can make you put a smile on your face for a second and make you very sad the next. But right now, if you just trust in Him, I believe He wants to set you free. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus and want to, or maybe you know Him, but you've still been going through this, they call it the blues. Right now, I want to pray for you before we go into this Thanksgiving week that God would do a mighty work in you and protect you, strengthen your heart. If that's you and you need prayer, would you just lift your hand up right now and keep it up. Lift your hand up and keep it up right now. Be honest about it. You're going through. You've been through loss. You've been through pain. You've been through challenges. Maybe you've been through these comparisons. Whatever it is, just lift your hand up. Keep it up right there. Many hands going up, hopefully at home as well. Agree with me right now. Everybody else, agree with me for these precious folks right now. Father, in Jesus' name, for every person whose hand is raised, every person whose heart is open, we ask you to bring healing and freedom and deliverance, Lord, from false comparisons and from sentimentality. Lord, let your anointing, your presence, bring that joy that strengthens. Thank you, Lord, that weariness goes today. As we release your strength, your healing, your anointing, your strength into every person whose hand is raised, whose heart is open in Jesus' name. And Lord, we give you the praise. We thank you for your healing power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together? Let's honor the Lord for his goodness right now. Lord, we bless you. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.